0: This is Lifespring number fifty-five.
1: Hi, this is Jimmy Bratcher. You're listening to Steve Webb in the Lifespring podcast.
0: I need water. I'm
2: gonna fix that up quick, fast, and in a I hurry.
0: I don't suppose you dance.
1: On today's show, our guest is going to be Steve Webb from LifeSpring Podcast. Oh, that's great. Steve is one of the lunatic fringe.
0: Well, everything's right about that except guest. I'm not the guest. I'm your host. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to LifeSpring. And I am Steve Webb, and I am your host, and I'm glad you're here. You know, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What will you find here? You'll find music, you'll find conversation and reasons to believe. Well, I have got a packed show for you today, my friends. There's some quick announcements I need to share with you, a very personal matter that I would like you to pray with me about, and a very special interview with an extremely gifted musician. you ready? Then let's go! First, it's amazing to me that our one-year anniversary is fast approaching. Yeah, it was way back on November 13, 2004 that the LifeSpring podcast was first uploaded. That means that the anniversary is only about four weeks away now. Now, I'd like to make the anniversary show a very special one and my plan involves you. I think it would be great if you would send in a greeting of some sort in the form of an mp3 file or an email or even by telephone, maybe telling a little bit about your thoughts about the LifeSpring podcast. You know, we're a family here you and I, and, 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 and don't you think it would be kind of cool to have a sort of family reunion type thing? It would be great if listeners from around the world would kind of share with each other like this. So that's my request to you, I, it's my invitation and it's my cro- <laughs> my request to you. Uh, you can send your uh, MP3s and emails to Lifespring at gmail.com or you can phone in your greeting to the Godcast Network comment line at You ready? 815-301-8600, that's 815-301-8600, and that's the Godcast Network comment line. We'll talk more about this uh, as the time gets closer, okay? Next, many of you know Rob Koslow. Rob plays the most beautiful piano music. I've played his music on the podcast several times, and I've interviewed him here on the show. Now, Adam Curry has played his music several times, and he's been on lots of other podcasts as well. Well, Rob asked me to share this with you. So Rob, CeCe, come on in. Hey
2: everybody, this is Rob Koslow, and I'm selling one of my pianos on eBay.
3: I'm going to let CeCe Chapman here tell you more about it. Hey everyone, it's C.C. Chapman from accidenthash.com and u How's it going? Rob asked me to take a couple minutes and just explain to you about this really cool piano he's selling. Now, as you know, Rob is an extremely popular artist. He's one of the most popular pot safe artists out there, he's signed record deals, his music is everywhere. So this is a really cool collectible if you're a fan of the music or if you're just a fan of playing the piano. It's a brand new piano, it's five months old and it's in mint condition. It's a Yamaha P22 Professional Upright Piano. It's 45 inches in height, it's got a nice black matte finish and comes the bench now what's cool is this isn't just a regular piano this is something that rob actually used he bought it and used it as his practice piano and he's created several of his songs on this so if you're a fan it's a really kind of a cool thing to have in your house say you know so when rob coslo's all over the place and touring worldwide and it's a huge thing you can say I've got this from when he first started out. And he'll also autograph the piano, which is really cool. And if you win the auction, it's totally up to you how big he signs it and where he signs it. Now, personally, I think you need to get it just this huge autograph right across the front of Rob Costello. That's what I would do if I won it. But it's up to you if you win the auction, which is really, really cool. And if the piano does decent, which I think is cool, is Rob's not only going to pocket some of the money, he's going to donate a huge chunk of it to some very good charities. You know, things like... Hurricane Katrina, and the Susie B. Komen, you know, breast cancer charities, which is great and cool for Rob to do it. Because this is eBay, and it's such a big item, U.S. bidders are preferred. But, if the bids go high enough, they will ship to other places in the world, and the shipping will be different, you know, obviously, this is a piano, it's a big shipping item. But the UK and Ur- Europe shouldn't be a problem, so swing on by and check it out anyways. So how are you going to do this? Go to ebay.com and search for Rob Koslow, that's R-O-B-C-O-S-T-L-O-W, and check it out, or you can go out to robcoslow.com, he'll have a link out there, I know I also put a link up on my site, so check it out, this is a really cool way to get a part of podcasting and music history, and I think that's really, really cool, and uh, hopefully somebody will win it, I'm keeping my eye on the auction, because I want to see who wins it, and Rob's going to put, you know, your picture, your link, anything you want up on his site as well, when you win the stuff, so I think that's great, so seriously, swing on by ebay.com, and put in Rob Coslo and buy a piece of history.
0: Okay, so there you go. Check it out. Search for Rob Coslow at ebay.com. That's Koslow, C-O-S-T-L-O-W. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that I had a very personal matter to talk about. The issue concerns a family that is in very deep crisis. A good friend of mine, by the name of Mickey, shared with me last week that his wife has left him. And I'd like to ask you to just keep his family in prayer, would you? Uh, This is a young family with three kids. Uh, I really don't need to share any other details with you, but uh, please keep them in prayer. His name is Mickey and uh, he could really use our prayers. And You know, that brings up a topic. I'm sure you remember that a few weeks ago I asked for input on how long you'd like the show to be. Uh, Most of you said that you like it just the way it is. We average about 30 minutes a show, some are more, some are less. Well, this thing with Mickey and his wife as me thinking that maybe I might like to discuss relationships on the podcast, specifically marriages and how to keep them strong and exciting and everything God wants them to be. I know several people who are really struggling right now in this area and maybe that's something you'd like to hear me discuss. Now, obviously I can't cover it all in one show, so how about a sort of a mini series? You think that'd be good? Write me. Let me know if this is something that would be of interest to you. Um, Also, if you have any other ideas, topic ideas, uh, things you'd like to hear me discuss, let me know, Uh, steve.lifespring at gmail.com, okay? Now, let's get to the main part of the show, shall we? Jimmy Bratcher is without a doubt one of the best blues guitarists I have ever heard. If you've listened to the Lifespring podcast for very long, you've heard him before. Well, Jimmy has a new CD out called Red, and I got to talk to him this morning about the CD, and we talked about some other things as well. Now, Jimmy is the most laid-back kind of a guy. He's in, uh, he's in Kansas City, Missouri, very laid-back, and uh, you'll hear that in the conversation. He's a, he's a great guy, he's, his music is fantastic, I think you'll really enjoy this interview, and so listen in. Now, I'm going to apologize up front for the audio quality, now, there was a buzz in the phone line that I just couldn't quite eliminate during the conversation, and, well, I hope it isn't too distracting for you. Uh, there's no buzz at all in the music itself, but uh, during the conversation you might pick up a little bit of it, and I'm, I'm sorry about that, but here we go. All right, well, you know what, Jimmy? First, I want to thank you for just letting me call you and, and talk at you a little bit. I have been a fan of yours since I discovered your music over there at IndieHeaven.com. Is
1: that where you stumbled onto me?
0: That's where it was. You can blame those guys. No, I've been a big blues fan forever, and man, to be able to hear some good Christian blues, which I, I posed the question one time, is is that an oxymoron, Christian blues? No, you are you are among the best, I'll tell you. I, Really enjoy your stuff.
1: Thanks, we're just having a good time. Using what we have to reach as many people as possible with the message. So we started traveling in 2000 and, uh, and have been doing that ever since. Okay. First record, uh, we did that in 2001 with Larry Howard. Uh, Honey and Rock was my first CD and that kinda started shaping what is, uh, kind of evolved into our ministry now, which is kind of a combination of, uh, preaching and uh, music so for, foremost I'm a minister and secondarily I'm a musician you know there's a lot of, a lot of guys that are musicians that also minister well I'm a minister that also is a musician and I use both of those things to um, in an evangelistic form to help us to you know if we're in a church we use that to help inspire people to engage their friends and family in their world. Because, you know, I, I can't remember what the statistic is of uh, non-Christians or Christians that have non-Christian friends. It's like, you know, 3% or something like that. Right. And, uh, and so we try to inspire people to engage their friends and family and make new friends with people that don't know the Lord. You know? And then when we're outside, we get to uh, use the music to uh, we play uh, prisons, and clubs, we play a lot of secular clubs and um, festivals and different things like that.
3: And we do exactly
1: the same thing in uh, clubs that we do in church. So same music.
0: Now, how is that received in the clubs?
1: You know, it's a, it's pretty astounding because it's received uh, it's received very well. It's it's really amazing, and I would have never dreamed it possible. And uh, except the Lord just orchestrate that and put me in that situation, um, it would have never, um, you know, I would have never believed it possible.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes I think maybe Christians are a little bit more afraid of, quote-unquote, the world than we need to be.
1: You know, I've been encouraging people to adopt the same mentality that Jesus had, and Jesus didn't have an us-and-them mentality. He had a us yeah. mentality, and he came to die for the world, which included all of us absolutely and we need to you know we need to see ourselves as part of mankind and not separate from that i know that we all are marred with this sin nature and uh, some of us have found the answer to that some of us haven't and uh, if we become part of that That's why the song uh, Off of Honey in the Rock and Live on the Fourth of July, Dr. Doctor, that's what that song is about.
0: I love that song. I've played that one several times on the podcast.
2: Doctor, doctor, can I have a talk with you? I need a great physician. I got a soul condition. Doctor, doctor, can we talk about my case? you.
1: for a long time you know had this idea that as a Christian everybody else was messed up uh-huh. than me. and uh, so that gave me the, the the thought to become part with everybody else
0: yeah now i I, I think I hear a little bit of from your new album uh, bad religion is is uh, kind of part of that thought process as well yeah
1: well, I wrote Bad re- Bad Religion, you know, I tell bad people that bad religion is dedicated to every mean preacher and every mean Christian that there ever was. And and I do that not out of criticism for anybody but myself because I've been both of those. And uh, you know, there's you know, we can we can choose which view that we take and you know, I was just looking at your webpage and talked talked about uh, you know, getting the message out—the good, the message of the good news. And yeah, the gospel is good news, and we need to communicate that as such. But and religion is a toxic force that will—that will really not help people. <laughs>
2: Morning with a crazy vision, and I thought it was heaven. It was bad religion. Well, it messed up my mind and made me feel so mean. From everybody crazy, they don't wanna scream. My words, they cut short like a deep incision I was killing my friends with my bad religion When I lose that talking on my television you
3: Very good.
0: Well, one of the things that really touched my heart when I began to get to know you as, a, as an artist was at the end of your DVD, uh, you tell a little bit about your story. I wonder if you'd want to share that with uh, the podcast listeners.
1: Sure. Um, you know, the thing in America, as you know, I'm an evangelist at heart, and, and the thing that works to win people to the Lord in America is an, an invitation to a meeting where the gospel is presented, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but and then I'll get into the story after I kind of share this statistic, but uh, Christianity Today did an article on their website called Ten Surprises About the Unchurched, and they just surveyed unchurched people and asked them what it would take to get them to attend a church service, and 96% of them said an invitation, and and that's the most powerful thing, and I tell my story uh, from a third-party standpoint on the DVD, and I'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah, there was a, a lady that uh, was a, she was a single mom, and she had been abused and abandoned, and her husband had left her, divorced her, and left her to raise her little boy on her own. And uh, she was just at the store one day, and somebody saw her, and uh, was obviously you know inspired by the holy spirit and went over and just invited her to come to church and uh, she came and it was amazing because the people there were kind and they were loving and uh, she couldn't understand it because in her mind if somebody was kind that meant that they wanted something and you know man can we not have an agenda with people other than love Mm -hmm. and uh and she uh she just knew that she didn't have anything to give so she couldn't figure out why they were being that way and she just kept being drawn back to the, to the message that that church was presenting and the acceptance that she felt there so she she made a commitment to the Lord and she was there one Sunday night with her little boy who was about four years old and it was the close of the service and the pastor wanted to uh, you know just made an appeal for people that needed prayer to come forward kind of a general thing she had all kinds of needs but she wouldn't go because she was just ashamed and broke you know broken down and, and so her little boy just reached up and grabbed a hold of her clothing and tugged on it and got her attention and she bent down and said what is it and he said mom i want to go i want to go up there i want to I have prayer and uh, so she uh she tried to appease him and said, "You know, it's going to be okay, baby. We'll be all right." And that lasted for a few minutes. And then he did it again. And she bent down. And she said, "Hun." He said, "Mama, I want to. I want to have prayer." And uh, she said, "Okay, baby. Let's pray right here, right now." And uh, he said, "No, mama. I want to go up there." And so he went up. She took him up forward and indicated to the pastor. It was him that wanted prayer. And he got down right on his level and looked him in the eyes and said son what do you want Jesus to do for you and he looked his pastor and said I want Jesus to bring my daddy home mm-hmm. and so they prayed for the little boy's daddy and uh, several months passed and their life was just you know spiraling downward because of poverty and different things and one Sunday night unexpectedly she came to church with her little boy and her ex-husband, and at the end of the service, there was an opportunity given for people to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, and reluctantly, her ex-husband went forward and asked Jesus to come into his life, and uh, so their marriage was reconciled, more children added to the family, and the little boy got his prayer answered, and that little boy is my son, Jason, that. Mm. That single mom, is my wife Sherry, and I'm that that uh, that ex-husband. And, mm. uh, God just invaded our world and found us when we were undesirable and unlovely. We were both IV drug users and just just a mess. And we were divorced from each other, and that night in that little church it was actually we showed up with a marriage license to be married again for the second time. Wow. And the pastor, uh, you know, I mean, it's just we just showed up at Sunday night church. We were unannounced. This was not, you know, after counseling or anything. We just showed up. Right. And, and the pastor uh, said, "I will marry you, but only if you accept Jesus Christ." Right. And that was the that was the thing that got me to believe. And uh, so that's what we did. And, and we went. You know, down on our knees at that altar that night after church, and and we prayed and asked the Lord to come into our lives, and, and the transformation was very dramatic and sudden. Uh, our addictions uh, were gone, and, and uh, we got up from there completely different people. And we still, you know, we had the same learned behavior. so we had to. And you know, we got in church. We planted ourselves in that little church and stayed there for first 16 years, and raised our kids there, and and, uh, and really learned about the things of God in that little
0: church. What year was that?
1: That was 1976, 1976. Wow. So, long time ago.
0: Yes, it was. And isn't it amazing? God's forgiveness is absolutely boundless.
1: Yes, it is. And so, you know, from that decision, you know, that's a, that was a defining moment in our life and in our family's life. It meant for me that, uh, you know, not only did I have my sins forgiven, but then, uh, you know, I allowed the Lord to work on me individually, which meant then I could learn how to be a husband and learn how to be a father. And uh, so I get to raise my children. Both, both of my children, my son Jason, um, is 31, and he works for us here in the ministry. And then my daughter Amanda is 27. And she wasn't born at that time, and uh, she was born like ten months later. And she uh, she has two children: Michaela's four, and Zane's uh, almost two. And uh, she works for us also. hmm Wow. It's been a wonderful experience to allow the presence of God in our life and to let Him do what He does. Right. You know? And it, and it came down to the place where we just had we had. You know, I saw that this was the truth, and I had to accept it. And a lot of people think, you know, well, that's that's good for you, but, you know, I've got my own thing over here that I'm doing. And really, Jesus didn't give us that opportunity because he clearly communicated that, you know, he is the truth, the way, the life. And no man comes to God except by him. So we have to each as individuals reconcile his that truth is what you know. The Bible says about Jesus, and history says about the resurrection. is that the truth, and that's you know, if that is the truth,
0: then we need to we need to reconcile our lives with that and uh, and live as if it is the truth. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, a lot of people get the impression that uh, Christians are saying that that once once you uh, you know come to the Lord, once you make uh, make your uh, decision to become a follower of Jesus, that uh, we're trying to tell them that that everything in your life is going to be roses after that. Is that something that, I mean, once once you came to the Lord that night, um, your life just uh, got all straightened out and you never had any more problems?
1: No, I mean, we still have to live life, and life is the same if you're a believer in Jesus Christ or if you're not. And we had things that uh, we had to learn and unlearn mm-hmm. that were destructive to our own behavior. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that is, uh, you know, that's just part of life. Yeah. You know, the trials of life or the trials of life. Right. And, and uh, you know, it's just part of it. We have a lot of those things, though, we do bring on ourselves. And, uh, you know, it's not based on, you know, a lot of times we communicate very well. You know, like in my case, I was, I was pretty degenerate and down and out, and a lot of times as Christians we know how to communicate to people that are down and out and have no hope, but you know, there might be somebody listening to this podcast that's got you know plenty of money and a great career and everything's going for them, but yet inside they don't have peace, and uh, you know, they know that there's still this guilt and shame for their own sins. So it's, it's the same for both those that are, you know, that are have not believed upon Jesus and decided to follow Him, and as those
0: that have, we still have the same trials and same things to deal with. Absolutely. Kids
1: and learning how to be married and doing all those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't want to leave people with the uh, the wrong impression that we're saying that all of a sudden your life is going to be wonderful and, and, and everything else.
1: No, but does the... The thing about it, though, is that the Lord said that, you know, He would send the
0: Holy Spirit to help us. Yes. And so we have the assistance of the Holy Spirit to help us and to guide us. And Absolutely. To teach us. And that, that makes, it, that makes it the biggest difference in the world. You got it. You got it. Well, hey, let's talk a little bit about some of the music on the CD. Um, okay, I got a copy of it last week, and I've been—I've listened to it several times, and every time I listen to it, I like it better. So, <laughs> that's a good thing. Hey, uh, tell me about um, Mercy.
1: Actually, the song started out to be a story about a drug pusher. And, uh, actually, a drug pusher who was my bass player on something better, something better CD, Jeff Wallenberg, <laughs> and uh, and Jeff unfortunately um, passed away in 2002 right after we recorded that cd he was playing in bed reading his bible and uh, had a massive heart attack and went to heaven wow and i'm still mad about that but uh, but you know yeah you know, i just i tell people i don't know there's not supposed to be any pain in heaven but i want to like hit him when i get there <laughs> But it was really, the song started out to be about that. But I just really wanted to communicate that, you know, regardless of where you're at or what kind of situation you're in, there's still there's mercy there.
2: Can I tell you a story?
1: Believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I find mercy in the uh, in the fact that even though I am a man that is flawed, and
0: imperfect, that God still loves me. Yeah, very good, very I good. That. Yeah, that's 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 good. I was a little bit surprised with some of the really mellow ballads you have on there too. One of them is, is "Dance with Me." I, I love that song. It doesn't have the, the driving uh, blues, you know, rock and roll type thing uh, to it. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful ballad. Uh, tell yeah, me, tell me about that one. It's um, a song that I wrote uh, about my
1: granddaughter. And we were here at the house, and uh, we live in a really small house. We have a real small house, and we have a real big furniture, and our offices are here, so it kind of is all-consuming. And... Uh, but we have a patio, just a little concrete slab, and we were out there one morning. And our granddaughter, Michaela, was here. This was last summer, a year ago. And uh, it had rained early that morning. There's a little area where water just kind of stands on the patio. And so she found that, of course, and she was about three at the time and just started dancing. And uh, then she wanted me to come and dance with her. And so I went through all of my mail testosterone and <laughs> excuses as to why that wasn't cool, and I couldn't <laughs> do that. And then I got up and went over and, and, you know, danced with her in this puddle of water. Oh, what a sweet picture. And it just really struck me as, you know, I mean, I've been through raising kids, too. Yeah, I mean, just to live life and, and just enjoy it. You know, I mean, that's, that's really, you know, what Jesus came to give us was not a ministry. He came to give us life. Ah. And uh, and so, you know, we sometimes get too caught up in things and, and miss a lot of really great moments.
0: Tell me about uh, the song, I Love My Baby. That's a fun one.
1: Well, I just, uh, there's a couple of songs on here that I wrote to my wife, that song, Restless for the Sun." And the Bible tells me
0: It's a lot of fun. And you mentioned the horn line. You know, you have got some fantastic musicians that play with you on this CD. Yeah,
1: the uh, bass rhythm section is my band. I mean, those are the guys that I travel with, which is uh, uh, Paul Draper playing organ, Doug Demmel playing drums, and Jeremy Warden playing bass. And then um, I have a good friend that lives here in the area named Derek Stark, and he's a great uh, composer, arranger. And so he did the horn line and uh, he played keyboard on a couple of songs. He played Rhodes on Mercy, and um, he played piano on the song Drive, and on Restless for the Sun, and then he and I co-wrote the song Drive together. You know, we had a great producer that came in to work with us on this guy by the name of Jim Gaines, and Jim um, Jim is known for his work with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He produced Stevie Ray Vaughan's Step record, and then he, he works for Carlos Santana uh, and has for the last 23 years and worked on everything that he records. Wow. And uh, then he's produced, you know, a wealth of other people like uh, Blues Traveler and Journey and Toto and, uh, you know, George Thorogood and all kinds of blues guys. John Lee Hooker and all these people. And so Jim, uh, I got Jim to come in and produce this record and... Uh, I mean, he's noted his passion is to record, his recording guitars, so that obviously shows up in the guitar tones. Oh, it certainly know.
0: does. Tell me about so my that. My favorite track
1: on the record is Restless for the Sun. Uh, that's a jazz, a light jazz kind of thing that we did with uh, Rhodes and upright bass uh, and uh, a trumpet, muted trumpet, drums with brushes. And I wrote that song, I was on a motorcycle trip, I'm a motorcycle guy. I was in uh, Mississippi on a trip. And a friend of mine and I wanted to go and just visit some of the old blue sites of Mississippi. And we had, we were pretty much, we're done with our trip and we ended up at Jackson and we got on the Natchez Trace and started up towards two below and it was early in the morning. It was misting and about 60 degrees and you can only drive 45 on the Natchez Trace. So you're just kind of putting along, you know, and uh, I was missing my wife and i knew that i was going to see her the next day and sherry travels with me all the time and so it's very rare that we're not together we've worked together for well we've worked together full-time since 1994 and uh and so i was just missing her so i started writing this song on the motorcycle i had to stop and buy a pen and write the lyrics down on the back of a credit card slip (laughs)
2: But it's alright Lay me down to sleep tonight Toss and turn, sleep won't come I'm restless for the sun A dream with you in view, better times and dreams come true, eyes wide open. Tell me where's the door restless for the sun? darkened Yet shout so clear in my mind Dawn breaking through darkness Dreams come true in better times So hold me close and Speak To me, for the dreams we've yet to see, can't wait to see you when the morning comes. Restless for the sun.
1: On the record, also are uh, parables, and then this song is no different. It's and it, the parable message in it is is that there's coming a day when the morning's going to happen, when Jesus is going to appear, and He's going to come back. And uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of anxious for that day. I'm not I'm not in any hurry for it, but mm-hmm. but I am looking forward to the day when He comes and things change.
0: Yeah. Tell me about Happy. Now, that one is, is one that surprised me a little bit, too. Happy is
1: an instrumental piece that yeah. Jeremy Warden, my bass player, and I wrote. When we were doing the live DVD, which was in uh, 2003, we recorded that. Happy was just something that we just decided, you know, we're just jamming, and so we just kind of wanted to put something funky on there, so we just did it.
0: it was. It's a fun yeah. one.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot. It's great to play live. I like playing it
0: live. Yeah, and... <laughs> You need to come to one of our shows. You know, when I first heard the live CD, I was uh, just... I think that's when you really grabbed me as, as a as a lifelong fan, because there is just something about the dynamic when you have a, an audience there, as opposed to when you're in the studio, I think.
1: Yeah, there is. It, you know, I mean, we recorded basically. Red was recorded live, and
0: that's that's how we work best. And you got some of the best music on this new CD called Red. Check it out at jimmybratcher.com. That's that's J-I-M-M-I-E-B-R-A-T-C-H-E-R.com. Of course, I'll have a link on the show notes page. Uh, I encourage you to stop by his website and pick up some of this very, very tasty music. And he's even got a book there, too, that he's written. So if you're in the Kansas City area, you can look at his touring schedule, too. Also, you can go to music.podshow.com and find three of his songs there, too. So uh, you've got plenty of chances to pick up Jimmy's music. Well, thank you, Jimmy, for spending time with us today. I appreciate it, brother, and I'll hear from you soon. Okay, now the show is officially over the 30-minute average. I hope you don't mind too much. Remember, you can participate in the one-year anniversary show, and I'd like your ideas on the possible marriage mini-series and other topic suggestions, too. So remember, send them to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Of course, the show notes page is at lifespringpodcast.com. And now, remember, Lifespring is where we want to tell you about how being a follower of Christ can make a difference in your life today. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. And I am your host, Steve Webb, and I'll see you next time. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.